look for should we look for questions? I need I need more coffee. Where'd my phone yep. go? Now it's time for listener questions. All right. What do you got? Uh, this is from Lisa Spice. What's up, Lisa? Spicy. Yeah. You can always count on Lisa. That's what I find. Yeah? Yep. Anybody named Lisa or just this one Lisa? It's got to be the spicy Lisa. Okay. Actual last name. So that's at Lisa X Spice. Who are you listening to these days? Mm-hmm. Tell you who I'm not listening to. Who inspires you? What are your non-musical inspirations? Can you share your workflow? What equipment do you prefer? That's too many where, questions, Lisa Spice. Where do you the music industry? Where do you the music industry in five years see? I'm assuming the word see is you missing. See where, do you, where do you see the music? Where do you see the music industry? Five years and ten years. Pick one. Well, she see she must have intuited that we were low on questions, so she gave you twenty five. So she questions. gave me twenty five. All right, let's start with the first one. Who are you listening to these days, Corey Clark? Which day? You're saying that's a lot of days. These the, days? These ones. Today? <clears throat> yeah, if you're listening to that much stuff, let's go with today. <clears throat> I was listening to Zeppelin last night when I was cooking in the kitchen. I find that if, if I Wait, need... That's not specific enough. It's not. Zeppelin 2. And Which three. has what on it? A lot of love, I think, is the first song. Three, I think, has friends on it. I love that song. Uh, here's what here's what I will friends? say. Is that a so no one told you that you're gonna that one? Okay, yeah. a lot, not a lot of people know that's Led that's Zeppelin. Zeppelin. I would say this as a more of a broad answer because I was thinking about this on the way here. There's times when you just want to, you just want music and you don't know what you you know you don't know specifically. That's what Pandora's for, man. I guess is that what people do? Uh, just put I think. on a random playlist or something. The only time that happens is when it's massage time. Oh, you go for the sexiest playlist <laughs> you can find. You know what I mean? When you, you, like for me, I'm in the kitchen. I like to cook, so I got my little Alexa right there, and I'm like, I need music right now. This is going to make this so much more dense of an experience of cooking this pasta, whatever. Um, and I don't know what to, I don't, there's like, I don't know what I want to hear. Yeah. I just go right to the classics. So for mm. me, that's Zeppelin, Beatles, Radiohead. Those are my three. The warm, fuzzy classics. And, and any time, like, it just works every time. Then I just, I'm in the, I'm in it. That's cool. Because I, I, it happens all the time. Like, I just need to hear something. Because you can feel trust it. I just don't know. And you can get well, into your zone. Well, because maybe it's mental. Like, if I feel like if I'm going to be listening to music, you want to listen to something that's a little more classic. Why? You know though? what I mean? Because that's the good stuff. Oh. Because <laughs> I, get, I get caught up. I'm a sucker for a, for a good pop song. So... Sometimes I can just like listen to pop music for too long, and then I'm like, ugh, it's just candy. But does it have to do with the fact that you know it too? It's like, no, because all because all three of those bands, artists that I just mentioned, have such vast catalogs. I mean, I guess I probably know all the songs, but at the same time, it's like, it's almost like kind of trying to feed my my inner whatever musician. All, they all they speak to you, right? Those are like favorite things yeah if, if it was classic and i didn't like it then i wouldn't listen to it but but just the fu- but starting with the the point of like this is a this is one of the greatest artists to ever live like that is yeah you want to f- i think feel like you want to fill yourself up with that kind of stuff now here's a question dude are the, those are those are all artists that basically came and went nope never my theory is totally gone None lost with radiohead <laughs> oh they're still around radiohead 
I was going to say that those are, um, well, do you listen to recent Radiohead? Mm-hmm. Okay. There goes my theory. I was going to say that there's something about the classics mm-hmm. that they're like, when it comes to Beatles and Zeppelin, at least it's like that stuff that's like, it happened mostly before you were born. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it, those are like bedrock bands. That's what I mean. And yeah. Radiohead is too. Totally. I, mean, I guess in a way like they're, they definitely like those other bands will stand outside of time. I mean, you can right. maybe argue that the first record or two of Radiohead were of a time. Right. The 90s Those are the ones little. that don't really dig as much. There you go. Okay, so maybe there's something about the timelessness mm. of the of the band that sort of transcends mm-hmm. and puts you in the in the in the grilled cheese making mode. <laughs> Fasta. I don't make grilled cheese, dude. Okay. Maybe you should. I'll make some grilled cheese. When you get grilled cheese, man, and you added like ham and tomato, that's not grilled cheese anymore. It's you know that's a panini. That's artisan grilled cheese. <laughs> if you just add the word artisan or craft to anything, <laughs> yes. it makes it way more interesting. Artisan sandwich, okay. dude. All right, so you, what, oh, you, you didn't answer the question. What are you listening to, man? Who uh, listening to a lot of my son? say crazy things it's one of my favorite things to listen to right now i you know what's funny man is i have an issue i have a problem Tell me with about it. listening to new why am i focusing on that i'm gonna focus on what i'm listening to yeah. i've been listening to a lot of the peter gabriel so album that's been going on for a long time with you. It has the last couple of months. Yeah, I get on about. real cycles, like where I, yeah, it's been the new, the only like new things I listen to are podcasts and yeah. music that I'm a part of creating. Yeah, which I listen to that because it's exciting to hear something that's new that I've worked on, and then also I'm constantly you're working, trying to figure out how to make it better yeah. or reliving the moment or whatever. So I've been listening to, um. Like for example, two two students of mine at, at Biola University, um, we finished their songs yesterday, and I threw them on a CD, and so I've been listening to those. And then there's another one I'll finish that I'll listen to that one. So, mm-hmm. um, shout out to Ray and, and Ellery, and then after that, Chris. Uh, so I've been listening to those a lot, just kind of like, oh, cool, this happened, and, mm-hmm. and then, but Peter Gabriel, so. And then the mainstay is Chris Cornell, Euphoria, Morning. Those are like the two records that are in my That's in never my car. left. That's probably never left your car since it came out. Dude, here's how true that is. <laughs> is that the CD, yes, CD, yep. got super scratched. So I went on Amazon uh, and like bought, bought second one. the CD and put it in there. And I said, I'm never taking it out so it doesn't get scratched. And then realized, here's how much of an idiot I am. I looked in my trunk and there was another brand new unopened <laughs> Euphoria Morning. I'd bought it twice on Amazon thinking the same thing. Like I need like a protected new wow. version of this. Man. So you've th- you've bought that record three times. At least. Wow. And I even thought like maybe I'll give this one to Corey. And then That's I said, no, I'm going to need a backup. Like I had that like real <laughs> selfish thought. Got, got anxious. And it was the new version with Euphoria spelled. They spelled it different, yeah. Or no, Morning spelled different, sorry. They, spo- they spell it. Like the original intent, right? Yeah. Here's a so <clears throat> fun fact, if you care. Euphoria morning, it was spelt like morning, like nighttime and morning time. Like, and his, I think, 
was it his manager who said people aren't going to know how to find it and spell it if you spell it mourning as in like mourning the death of somebody. Yeah. And he gave in on that and called it Euphoria Mourning. And then before he passed away, obviously, uh, when they reprinted it, he he decided like, no, I'm going to go back to my original idea, which is Mourning M-O-U. It's funny that he would care that much. Yeah. Like on a past record, like what? It's cool, but I would I would not care, I feel like. Really? I don't know. I don't think I would. I think when you're when you're Chris Cornell and you you're kind of, and you like put you, just you put your nineties band back together and you're reminiscing and you're fifty something. Yeah. Maybe those are the things you start to care about. Maybe more. that's what comes up. Spelling. <laughs> Spelling starts to really <laughs> become important. So that's what I've been listening to and Nonstop. I consider like Euphoria Morning and Jeff Buckley Grace, which I'd be listening to that too if, if I could find the C D. Because mm. I refuse to listen to MP3s of those things that I love because they oh, don't sound as good. Yeah, the the interface between phone and car, yeah. sonically it's is not just great. not there yet. No, it's not great. Whereas CD players in cars, at least my car, um, sonically is just there's pretty night and day. Like Especially people, when you go Bluetooth, because I was I, I had like the hardwired forever, you know, from the phone to the car. Then I switched over just for convenience. I just, yeah, I was like, I don't know if I can do it. it. Doesn't sound as good, dude. It's weird. It's made me really realize like how how much I value mm-hmm. Sonics, Sonics as like an emotional element of songs. And it's like, duh. Like I have all this well, you, gear, and yeah. I'm obsessed with mixing. And but like, <clears throat> just even as a plain old way that I enjoy music, a, a pretty hefty percentage is like how it impacts me and the qualities of the yeah. things. And, uh, what about, you know, vinyl though? You don't, you're not into vinyl? I only ask because it's just a different sonic quality. Same record. It just, just it sounds a little different. I think if they figured out how to have a record player in a car, I might be into vinyl. It's just that yeah. listening to music in the car is like, it's my jam. For sure. And I always say like with my own music even, I'm like, I think I write music for people driving around listening mm-hmm. to music in cars. <laughs> Think about night. life at night while it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> Going 79 miles an hour. the proper experience of Adam's music, you need to be driving in the rain. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. There's something about moving, yeah, being in that, that state of mind where it's like that's the, yeah, and just cranked up, the ears bleed mm-hmm. levels. But anyway, that's what I'm listening to. And the song Don't Give Up, Peter Gabriel. Holy crap. The song is so good. Doesn't the girl throw so you off a little bit? Kind of throws me off when she starts singing. Really? Not throw, not off, but just like takes me out of it. I think maybe... It's such a different texture. You I know? think maybe if... Uh, Does that sound pretentious? No. I mean, it's, vi- it's viable criticism. It's definitely weird. Yeah. I think if I heard it without it being some indoctrinated part of my history as a person. There we go. There we go. Then maybe I would question it more, but now I just appreciate it. And her performance to me, like I'm not necessarily a fan of her voice or tone and stuff, but I just love, I love it. Yeah. There's nothing bad I could say about it. And it's one of those rare, timeless 80s recordings. Usually you're Mm -hmm. like, 80s. But that, a lot of that record, or not a lot of that record, a few songs on that record transcend the time. Mm-hmm. But um, 
that's what I've been listening to. And I think after listening to Don't Give Up a million times in a row, I realized that that was like the sentiment I was wanting to hear in my life. Mm-hmm. When I realized that, how stupid, how stupidly simple that was, but how like how much I love that song, and I just I wanted Peter Gabriel to tell me not to give up, <laughs> <laughs> and then I wanted Chris Cornell to tell me that Steel Rain was coming down. I thought you were going to say something about the end of the world. Oh, I'm seeking a friend for the end of the world. looking for a friend. All right. Who inspires you? Adam Watts. Oh, good. So easy. This is inspiring. I'm going to go home and write. This makes me want to pick up a guitar and play it. I'll tell you one thing, man. One thing. Just just one. Very interesting having a conversation with headphones on. I've never done it before. I like it. It's really... It's like I'm right there, but I don't have to be right there. You don't have to project. <laughs> have to be an inch from your mouth, but it sounds like I am. <laughs> I don't want to be an inch from your mouth ever. But this is oh, good. Why not? Helps with focus. Who cares? Who inspires you? No, really though. I'm serious. I wasn't joking. But that's a little awkward. So No, it's actually feeding my ego in I'll a try really nice else. way. Who? So if we're talking about a person. Who inspires you? And why? My daughter. My little my little one. Really? Of course. I'm always thinking like, I'm going to record this song and then she's going to hear it in 10 years. You know, like, she's going to like this. It's yeah. awesome. She that- like, well, she loves music. She picks up on music really, really quick. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, that's, I have it. Well, for people that are listening, I have a two and a half year old daughter and so it's, an, I'm new to it. I'm just as, mm. as you are. Yeah. I'm new to the fatherhood and all of its challenges but it definitely changes all of your perspective on almost everything yeah it does and it and it doesn't it's funny uh oh what don't say anything incriminating (laughs) (laughs) I heard Bill Burr recently talk about you know he he waited till pretty you know his late 40s to have a kid I don't know if he waited, but that's when it happened. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how, like, he's like, yeah, I, you always hear the stories. People just like, they were just my life changed Change, yeah. on a dime. And he's like, when when I first held my baby in the hospital, he's like, I felt nothing. <laughs> and he's like, that's it. I'm a psychopath. It's for sure. <laughs> that's, confirmed. This is confirmed. <laughs> and I didn't I, feel... Right, I think spiritual moment. I mean, it was. Of course, my situation was chaotic. There was a lot of medical problems. So oh there yeah, was a lot of more than most right? stress. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I felt a lot of things, but I didn't. I didn't have a. I didn't have a cathartic metaphysical wake up reality. But what I had is like a. A slowly growing. And I think this is maybe more common for a lot of guys, I guess. But like, Anxiety. as my relationship. Like I had an instantly an instant fatherly, like dutiful thing. Yeah, that just happens. That that like, was definitely instant. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, this is totally my responsibility, and there's no question. Even when it was like hard, it wasn't annoying, or I didn't. I wasn't like rolling my eyes, going like, "What?" Which, if I was, maybe then I'd be the psychopath. But I think as my 
the more you interact with them, like my son's three and a half now, and like the more interact interaction you get, and then the more you see like you're like the one. There's only one dad for this person. Mm-hmm. Like you're the one that, mm-hmm. and that's like it's so trippy to be like somebody's one thing. Mm. And that that one thing is so important, like that it you have the ability to screw them up for life, and you definitely will to some degree, mm-hmm. in bad ways. But you have the ability to have such an impact on this person right, by yeah. what you do do and what you don't do, also what you show them, music or anything. Yeah, like, what, expose them to all this stuff on every level. How you react <clears throat> is like unbelievably shaping for this little person. And mm-hmm. I mean, they say like. There's this famous saying, and I don't know who said it, of course, but it's like, show me the child at seven and I'll show you the man. Show me, show me the mm-hmm. boy at seven, I'll show you the man. It goes for boys and girls. Mm-hmm. But like, there's something, like they're, they're, your personality is like shaped by the time you're that age. Oh, and right, that's, yeah. like, that's when parents have the most influence. And obviously there's a huge genetic component that like transcends, there's the nature-nurture thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I, anyways, my, I think... I've been inspired by that because I've, I've been inspired to rise above the level of my own moods Mm -hmm. and rise above the level of my own, like, uh, I don't know whether it's laziness even, or, or just really mood though. Like I've found that like, they say like, if, if you just smile, you'll actually start to feel happy. Right. I think the same goes for if you just, rise to the occasion like if i'm feeling bummed out and i just like i really try to answer the call of his needs whatever they are like so if he comes to me and he's like he has he does this thing every night where it's like he has to jump off the couch and like land on me like a pro wrestler (laughs) or something i don't know where he just loves that rough and tumble play thing he's just like he cannot get enough but like there are nights when i really don't like the initial reaction is mm-hmm. like, this is the last thing I want to do right now. Right. And when he asked me to do it, I'm like, this is happening. And I just think like, this is so, this is the most important thing in the world mm-hmm. I could possibly do right now mm-hmm. is like, and he'll always tell me like, um, I'll be like, okay, go for it. And I'll like move my laptop a little. <laughs> Inevitably I'm on my laptop with headphones on. <laughs> Every night. And, and I'll like move it over. He's like, no, move your computer. Oh uh, yeah, he like, needs so your full. I'll move the computer. He's like, take your headphones off. <laughs> like he wants full attention. Yeah, just for the one thing. Yeah, and it's freaking great. And you, for, you have to, even if you have to force yourself to do it, then afterwards you're like, you're in it. Yeah, and it's like, whoa, this three and a half year old is like holding me seriously accountable for yeah, attention. Yeah, it's a lesson in back to the being, you know, present flow state thing and being present. Yeah, because they're just in it all the time. And if you're going to be around someone like that, then you have to be in it too. Otherwise, yeah. it's not going to. It's going to be super impossible. That's yeah. They they teach you a lot, man. Also about your, they teach you how tough you are. Mm. You know, I've been how so many just like just the thing where you're like uh, overwhelmed, and but you have to take care of this person. You just mm. you do it anyways. Like you're at your lowest bottom. You're exhausted. You're stressed. You're anxious. Whatever the day is long and the blah blah blah. It's so like you do it anyways. Because you have to. And it's like, would I do that if there was another person depending on it? No. You know, you wouldn't. Right. It's like you find out how tough you are. You find out 
I've I've learned many times what a what a wuss I am, just from wow. having a kid. You know, even just sleep. You know, yeah. Don't get the right exact amount of sleep. You still have to get up and do everything. Yeah, you just push through it. But it's good. It makes you tough. Yep. It's, it's a definite reminder of like what's important constantly, mm. especially because it's like paradoxical too. It's just like it's not. <clears throat> The, often the things they need are like very not important. It's mm. definitely not important that I play trains right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but to them, yeah, it is. And I'll deny sometimes. <laughs> definitely not the perfect dad, but I really definitely when something like that happens and you see mm. this like pure soul that just wants to connect, mm-hmm. saying no is a big deal. Mm. Like, okay, <laughs> what am I saying no to? Mm-hmm. Is what I'm doing important or is it important for him to know that he just doesn't like, I'm not his like play thing that's just there anytime he mm-hmm. wants to just say go. Right. But then again, it's like these, I'm going to look back on these years and be like, oh man, I wish, right. I wish he was three again. You yeah. Know? That's the one thing they say is like you, and you, it does go by super fast yeah, when they start to grow up. You you can't get it back. Especially the, like you said, like these years. Yeah, man. If you miss it, you miss it forever. And you're never, you're always going to look back on that and just be like, dude, I was too busy for that. And there's a small part of me too that's like, he's three and a half though. Is he going to really remember? Maybe I'll just not do it. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to forget. He's not really, I don't remember anything when I was three and a half. I don't either. But maybe you do. It shapes him, man. Deep down, you do. That's the stuff that's below the surface. You say you're not transparent to yourself. Some of that stuff, transparent, I mean, parent is in the word. Trans is also in the word. <clears throat> Just think about that one. I will. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, what are your non-musical inspirations? She says. She asks. Oh, we already did that one. Bam! Two with one. What was that? Non-musical inspirations. We both chose non-musical Kids. inspirations. Kids is a, it's a big one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So who inspires? Yeah. What are your non... They're kids. Boom. That's a twofer. So her first, the one who inspires so. you must have been music based so and we already mentioned that with who we're listening to I'm not kidding man I would say okay I'm not gonna say it again never mind come on baby it's you man <laughs> you've always you've always been inspiring and if you don't know Adam then you don't know what I'm talking about but if you do then you know what I'm talking about I appreciate that man it's true man <sighs> I mean look he makes this kind of stuff too small black sticks it's not a pencil looks like a pencil yeah deceiving there's even an eraser little spot for it right there that should kind of be my thing i make things and it's not the thing yeah just disappointment this is not a box (laughs) but it it looks like nope nope try putting something in it falls right out this (laughs) is not a box this is a hole (laughs) (laughs) it's a trap then can i make a hole can you make a hole out of wood then i'll make a box Mm. this is not a hole this is a box. Yeah. Okay. Can you share your workflow? Ooh. Just say no as an answer. It's impossible to share I my workflow. Share it. It's a flow, you know. How can you share a flow? Like it's like ask me to share the ocean. Or a river. Can you share a river? Yes. Like no, it ceases to become a river. It's now a glass of water. I scooped up the river with my glass of water okay. and it's now not a river anymore. Oh, you can't share a flow. But it never was a river. It was always water. 
Now it's called glass. Yeah, so you can't share something that when you share it, it ceases to become the thing it is. So if you shared your workflow, it would become not your workflow? How does this work? I could show you my workflow. You could experience Uh, the workflow. Okay, so the work... Okay, I assume that you're talking about like... Let's just say Lisa's talking about... Yeah, the workflow of creating music. Let's say you're sitting down right here. <clears throat> Someone's in that room. Whatever. Singing. Or well, my workflow. What's There's a workflow? lot of different workflows. There's the collaborative workflow. So th- I guess the ultimate workflow. Let's just take this question as if she's asking us as solo artists. You've recorded your own stuff and released it. Mm-hmm. So this is like the work, your personal most... Uh, I'm going to add to the question. This is your personal best workflow. Yeah. Or writing a song. Well, that, that I was actually going to ask you something earlier and I forgot, but when you're talking about doing your own music you're, as a solo artist where you do everything. Yeah. Do you, it's kind of a workflow thing. Mm-hmm. How often do you write a song, record it, done, mix it like all in one sitting or in one day? Because I know you've said you've, you do that sometimes. Yeah. Is that, nor- is that a, the norm? I would say that. The vast majority of the time, I would say probably 90% of the time, I write it, record it, and mix it in one day. 90% of the time. And then... Lyrics too. Yeah. Yeah, everything. That's killer. But I would say that's to like something that could be conceived of as being done. But then I'll often go back and um, I would say then... 90% 90% of that time, I'll go back and maybe tweak the mix. That's just editing, though. That's not like... Yeah, usually I like, to, I like to do it in one, I guess you'd call it a sitting. That seems like a more honest way to do it. It really does feel like I'm capturing something. Yeah. That if I... I don't really naturally... There's a lot of viable ways to create, but I, I don't naturally... Um, with bridges, I would say with with bridges, I would mm. say I often don't mind. I feel like birthing a song is when you birth the verses and the chorus, the meat. That's like boom, the song is there. And then I think there there are benefits to to writing the bridge on another day, or yeah. sometimes if it is the same day, I'll like move to a different instrument, or I'll have the first verse and chorus, and then I'll want to start recording so that I can be inspired for the second verse by the recording itself. And right. then I'll use, maybe when I go track the drums, I'll just like let the drums lead the bridge or mm-hmm. find some way to like, you know, cause you want the bridge to be a departure to some degree or a new angle mm-hmm. on what you've talked about already. So like I try to build that into my workflow. So something else will take the, the inspiration lead, like a different instrument or something. Yeah. It'll be just some way to, to snap me out of it and, give a new perspective on the on the subject matter. But yeah, that that's huge for me, man. If I I also feel like if I it's super important that I get the vocal, the final vocal as close to the mm. writing of the song as I can. Mm. I don't want distance. I want cool. I want to be super in it. Like I want to especially as I try to as much as I can to saturate every element with as much as much goop as I possibly can like goop like the 
I want to be in it. I want to be thinking about all aspects of it. And like when I've written the lyric, like hopefully there are, there's the lyric itself, but then there's this, this soup of, of stuff that isn't the lyric, but that's informing the lyric. And I mm. want to be aware of all that. And mm. I find that like later on, I'll you have lose it. lost a lot of the context or something. And sometimes I'll read my lyrics and I'll be like, man, I know that that, those two thoughts are connected and I feel it still, but I really, I would have to sit there and stare at them for a while before I re-understand what, what's mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Because my favorite way of writing a lyric is that the lyric is there, but it's it's made meaningful by the sound and the music yeah. itself. And like the, all those things are co- interacting in such a way to hopefully transcend it by itself. Yeah. And when all that's inside me, if I can record the vocal when I'm like experiencing that state, sure, I feel like there's something that's captured that's like beyond, you know, some people are like, oh, oh, I like to create some distance or I want to go out and perform the song a hundred times before I record it. Right. And that that's a way of digging deeper into it. But for me, it's like, I want it all to be one thing. Hmm. So I think my album, Way Out, there that has the most songs that were like, written recorded final mix on the same day and you did that on purpose on that record right you yeah i allowed for it on that record the most yeah it was kind of the idea behind that record in the first place was kind of to see what was going on down there and just let it be what it is yeah maybe it had more less forethought or less less right brain left brain toggling Mm -hmm. i was trying to be like this is my right brain record this is this Mm -hmm. is just like all the stuff that's just down there i'm gonna let it be like if if it's one thing like if it's one little thing that i'm just repeating and and developing Mm -hmm. like one motif musical motif or lyric motif i love that then fine that's fine on this that's fine that's my favorite man that is my that's probably why that's one of my favorite records of yours because i love i love that kind of stuff where it's just one kind of, like a song is one, like you said, like a motif or one idea and it just gets developed and changes throughout the yeah. song. I love that kind of stuff. Man, I love, Philip Glass was a pretty big inspiration on that album, just <clears throat> philosophically, you know? Mm-hmm. He talks about, and the documentary Glass, I highly recommend it. Because he's just, he's somebody actually who's the opposite of what we were talking about earlier, where like he does not care what people think. Mm. He's like, if you don't like my music, fine. There's plenty of music out there. Go listen to whatever. Like, there's the Beatles. There's this. There's that. Like, mm-hmm. right at the beginning of the documentary, he says, that. he's like, I don't care. I really do not care what people think. I'm like, whoa, hmm. that's interesting. And then when you see that play out in the documentary, you see that that's not just only for his music. You know, he's got like oh, a right. few wives, and yeah. even his current wife is like, you know definitely not super happy with how obsessed with music he is like <laughs> and he don't care <laughs> and that goes back to the the narcissistic egomania thing like i think mm. when you are obsessed to that point and music is more important than maybe your family or mm-hmm. certain things which i think a lot of musicians are prone to that and i think it's because mm-hmm. music is so freaking awesome like when you when you create something it's like you can't even believe that just happened if you can just do that all the right. time it, right. it's easy to get addicted to yep. it totally but anyway so yeah it stays with you too that's the other thing like stays in your head if you're writing that's true it haunts like, it haunts you a little yeah bit. T- i mean that's that's 
my kind of workflow for writing, at least lately, is I just, I never do that. I never sit down and finish anything. It's just like, peace now, walk away, peace later. I think about it, and I, another piece of it, and then mm. I finish the lyric, and then I come back to it. I don't think it's good, necessarily. <laughs> it's, just ne- it's just necessary sometimes for me, but... It's not good for me, then I don't get to hear enough of your music. Well, that's the problem is I never finish anything. I just keep coming back and like... So what's up with that, Corey? I don't know. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm right. more of like a piece by piece building mm. lately. I'm like more of a Legos kind of a thing. Oh, here's a question for you then. One of my favorite songs that you've written is a song called She Deserves to Be Happy. Mm. Is that on iTunes? Uh, I don't know. Where is that? I don't think it's anywhere. It isn't anywhere? I don't think so. Ah. Might be on iTunes. Maybe uh, maybe the podcast ends with that song. No. Anyways, what was really? your question? Maybe, okay. You guys got to hear it. She Deserves to Be Happy. That it's a great that's a great song. How did that song how was it written? Did you Ooh, do it in a little bit and come back and do a little more? Or I'm trying to build a theory around Oh for sure. I don't that was definitely I don't did think you I've write ever, it in one sitting? No, I don't think I've ever done that actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why is that? How much of it do you think you birthed? I know it was a long time ago, it was probably ten years ago, right? <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to think of where I was. I don't know. It was definitely in, in chunks. When you write songs, because lately you've been writing a lot of like musical pieces, right? Well, I always start with that. You know, people are like, "Well, how do you do? You what comes there first? There we go. That's the lyrics workflow. Or the thing? Okay, so yeah, that's okay, a good workflow go. question. No, I have to feel instrumentally something first. Like it has to the chords or the changes have to do something before I can even. So you have put to build some, more, some sort of inspirational foundation. Yeah, it's almost like they're separate, which. I don't know. I don't really, I don't, I would never tell anybody to do it that way, but that's kind of. Yeah. I would probably tell somebody to at least try the way that I do it. <laughs> I Maybe that's, I'm overconfident with that. I'm just a guitar player. I've I think been always a guitar are... player. So I just, I put, it has to work on a guitar and like mm. there's a language to a guitar playing. So I have to kind of, that has to happen first. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So when you write songs, do you have, do you have like a voice notes of like melodies? Or are you always yeah. like starting with guitar and then it's not always guitar, it's, it. but it's always an instrument for sure. But I, I feel like have you ever written like oh here's a on the on the voice note? I've definitely then, tried, but I've, I don't think I've ever I've never really finished works. anything. No, I don't know why. That's interesting. You have? Oh my gosh, my yeah, tons. I mean, definitely. I would say the majority of my, we're talking about workflow. So this would be like the very beginning of the workflow. Most often, I would say comes from doodling around with mm-hmm. some chords and then singing gibberish. Yeah. And making too. sure I record it. Because if I don't, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Just like a couple times in this conversation where things just flew out of my head. Mm-hmm. But I find that like, if I can get into that flow state where I'm not, no part of me is listening or watching to what I'm doing, but I'm just doing, mm-hmm. just emoting and doing and not caring how well I'm doing it even. Sometimes mm-hmm. like that's the most common way that I think I, I get results that feel right to me is like I'll just improvise. That's one thing is I think that writing is often 
just capturing improvisations that are somehow connected yeah. to a flow state. And then I li- I'll, I'll be like, whoa, whatever just happened seemed like it was, I like something felt good. And mm-hmm. then I'll go back and listen to it. And I'll be like, oh, thank God I was recording. Yeah, There's the verse. And then I'll be like, was I saying any words? And then you start to sort of like try yeah. to decode what just happened and you yeah. start writing lyrics. And yeah, I find that's like a, really important part of my workflow is to sort of capture moments. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing I was, I was saying. Like, you, you're, you're looking for the feeling of something first, and then you can follow it into yeah. writing the lyrics or writing the other parts or whatever. And the, so... Um, Doodling. People should doodle more. <laughs> I think... Which comes back to, like, a, a creativity thing. Like, you want to... It's like a brain... It's like a right brain, left brain thing. It's like you want to be in a creative state and then you want mm-hmm. to be in a state of of being able to assess what you're doing and, and and organize it, which is more of a left brain thing, and be able to go back and forth so that you're constantly making some, getting something that has the um the chaos of consciousness and, and mm-hmm. an emotion in it, but it's then governed by some sort of order. Right thinking where you're like making sure that it does that it's good and that it actually works and then you go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and that's been one of the most i think it's one of the most valuable skills to try to develop is the ability to go back and forth and i think i think your way of doing it is just a more unpacked way of of doing that like you like to do something and then take some time away from it Mm -hmm. and that's a maybe a way for you to analyze it with a different from a different perspective? Yeah, for or sure. Or judge it or be yeah. inspired by it on a different day? Does that work? Yeah, or just, it's a way for me to get out of my way, kind of. Because <clears throat> mm. if, if you, I think I've told you about this before, but I read this article, this Brian Eno article, and he's talking about using your subconscious. And when you do mundane things, like you're washing the dishes or take a shower, yeah. shower's the best because you're, something like physical about it, but it also, right. you know, it's calming and it's like, allows you to kind of process things. He's saying when you do mundane things, it allows your subconscious to work through things that you were thinking about, and it just effortlessly things will come out. Yeah. So I kind of use it as an excuse to just stop. <laughs> Be like, I got to get my subconscious working. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> you know what I find that just popped in my head when you said that is like, I have noticed, and this is the first time I've thought of it in light of that idea, is I've noticed that when I'm recording no matter what I'm doing, when, I, when I'm doing the engineering, yeah. mixing, or editing side of things, this calm comes over me. Like, I'm about to do this thing that's very, like, it's a craft part of it. Obviously, there's a lot right. of art in what you're choosing to do with those things, but, like, the technical I find stuff. that that's like, that's, like, the musical shower. Like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go through and and whatever like if 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 i'm gonna like if i did a performance on the drums like and and i don't want to just do a million takes to get it right or something Mm -hmm. and i'm like just editing it like that editing process i it's it is like that it's like washing the dishes really and i'll be like oh i'm gonna do this for the next 15 minutes and i think it takes me to that place where my subconscious starts to do that thing that you know that can lead you somewhere else yeah to the next place i think that's a real valuable thing about that informs at least my workflow and processes. How, but like that, I guess the question is, when do you know? How do you know when to do that? You know, they say that when you're especially writing lyrics or you're, or as you're a writer, I've heard people, I've heard writers say like, don't edit yourself while you're writing. Just write it 
and then like come back to it and edit later. Mm. I always try to do that when I'm writing lyrics. Like I'm not, especially if I'm just typing it down. I'm trying try, try not to like erase, erase that word. Just write something and then go back and edit it later. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, how do you know when to do that? How do you know when to stop and go back to it? <sighs> when it's my own music, the rules are different because I'm making them as I go. So mm-hmm. I'll, that's part of the, what I love about integrating the entire process is I'll just like, I'll write some lyrics Go to something else. And then go to something else. And yeah. then come back to the lyric. Or, Yeah, that's great. I would say that a, most of the time, though, I'm like hammering myself when it comes to... Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe lyrics and the, and maybe the, like the mix, I'll, I won't allow myself. Like I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who's like, I'm going to take a walk. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to do this because it's healthy to do it. Like I'll... I'll forget to eat and like kind of stuff like that's not healthy because I just come like, I'm not going to, I'm going to strangle this thing to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Even if I really should take a break. Yeah. That's kind of the downside. But it's worked for you. Yeah, I guess. Maybe it's not for me to say. Yeah, I don't think any of this stuff's for anybody to say. If you're, somebody asks you how you do something creative, it's like, here's how I do it. But, I would yeah, never want someone to say, this is how you do it. Right. There's no right or wrong way. The only, I mean, earlier I was like, but I would suggest you do it this way. The only reason I say that is because I think there's a misconception about what a song is and what a song isn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm a firm believer that like a little like phrase that I've been kind of using to, to describe this idea is like um, classical music is born on the page Mm. jazz music is born on the stage mm-hmm. and pop music or popular music the song isn't born until it's recorded mm. if only I had something that rhymed with age <laughs> <laughs> and that it's record age <laughs> but like I, f- I feel like that's the case is that a song in order to benefit from all that a song is in order for it to be infinitely copied and shared digitally mm. for it to be on Spotify and iTunes for people to know what it is <clears throat> has to be recorded. There has to be a recording of it. Um, and technically, yes, you can you can have a song, you can have music lyrics and the and whatever, and you can go perform it. But I don't really feel like it's what we consider to be a song until there's a, like the ultimate, hopefully, recording of that song. Right, the definitive version. The definitive of the version. And so That's I feel like if, if you can integrate into your workflow and your creative process everything that is a song, so like if you have the, no matter how, well, no matter what quality you do it in, really, I mean, it's not like, I don't know. If you can capture the song, if you can integrate recording with writing, if you can, if you can put that together mm-hmm. as an integrated process, as opposed to, I wrote the song. Now I'm going to find, now, now I'm going to produce the song. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm going to mix the song. Mm. It almost is, dis, it's, tearing the song apart in order yeah. to put it back together. Yeah. But if you can do those things somehow as closely as you possibly can manage mm-hmm. as an integrated process, you'll find that now the lyric is is uh, informing the tones that mm. you choose. That's really cool. And then the tones can reinform the lyric. Like a lot of times, if I start mm-hmm. recording before a song is completely written, sometimes like the sound of something will help me write Mm-hmm. 
the, the second verse or it ends up inspiring itself. Yeah. And then that's really cool because I've, I've done the opposite where I've told you, you know, I've had songs <clears throat> like that song start over. I had it for a long time and I would play it and, you know, I would, I would get reactions <clears throat> from people and, and then I, I was like, oh, I got to record this song. This is one of the coolest songs I've ever written. And, but I never did because I didn't know how to do it. I tried a couple of times, but I, the song lived for so long without a recording that then I was scared of ruining it or doing it wrong or oh, man. not doing it justice. And then you just like, it's stuck in this zone because I didn't, I didn't do anything like that. You know, I well, didn't. two things, dude, I would, to be honest, that's, I'm, I'm afraid of that. Like if I, and it's happened before where I'll write a song mm-hmm. and not record it. And then I'll be afraid to record it because yeah. I'll feel like oh, I missed the, the best time to record right, it. Yeah. Which is, but I think to prove the point that there is no right or wrong way to do something really is that, I mean, that, that song needed to marinate. And I think some songs probably do, Maybe you know, like, well, that's just, uh, that's the way it ended up happening. But with that particular song, start all, start all over, start over. Sure. Um, you know, you brought it in and we ended up, maybe I'm just thankful that we co-wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it was definitely a finished thing that like in some ways I wish you would have recorded the original version because then I could have heard what that was. Right. But in another way, selfishly, I got to, you know, be a part of it with you and it's such a great song. <clears throat> and then, you know, Ariel ended up recording it and hopefully we'll release it. But yeah, that was... Yeah, it It worked. I was just glad it worked. Yeah, like hearing it, like oh, I can't tell you, like how emotionally satisfying that was, hearing that recorded, especially with someone else singing. That's a great singer and great guitar player. I was like, oh man, this thing lives. And I wrote that probably, I don't even know, man, ten years, not ten years ago, almost, I don't know, seven years ago or something. Dang, talk about marinating. Yeah, that's some deep marination right there. Yeah, that's more like a fine wine in the barrel. <laughs> Yeah, I just aged it. <clears throat> yeah, that's a cool song. I want to hear your that's version fun. of it too. Um, all right, on to the next question. This is a marathon of a podcast. How long, where are we at? We're at what? Two? Hour? Hour and 50? Two hours. Uh, let's see. What equipment do you prefer? I feel like she asked that for other people's sake. What equipment? Lisa, you don't care about the equipment. But I, don't I appreciate know. that. What if she wants to invest in some stuff? Yeah. Oh, what equipment would I prefer that you gift me? Is that what this is? Does she want some free stuff? <laughs> um, I like. <laughs> what equipment do you prefer? It depends what you're doing. It depends what you're doing. But if I were to like generalize, I would say I prefer equipment that enables me to create things that are timeless. So Mm. what I don't prefer is like equipment that is like flavor of the month or Mm -hmm. that that's so idiosyncratic that, that you can't use it again because you used it once, Mm -hmm. you know? So like specific colors and things to, yeah. Like a, a, a good example that just popped into my head would be like the whammy pedal. Or something like yeah. like a, a guitar sound that goes like yeah. or something that's like oh like the first time you hear it, like that's amazing <laughs> and then you put it on your song you're like well can't use that pedal again right. like 
That's and, a good way to put it. And that's why I shy away from synths, and I like things that sound somewhat timeless, and of course that's subjective, but... That's just like the thing I said earlier about trying to find music if you don't know what you're looking for just go to the classic stuff it's like go to the you just go to the classic gear you know yeah stuff that's time tested and proven it's part of the the bedrock of music yeah which there's something to be said for that like totally and that's why you know even though we're in the digital domain and maybe this is part of really where we're at in the history of digital recording but a lot of what what's going on is modeling Mm-hmm. It's probably an era that will go through or to some degree, but like, you know, you want that that thing that models the Neve and that models mm-hmm. the Fairchild compressor and that models this and models that super That's accurately. That's the guitar world too. It's right now, everything is like, everyone's trying to model, digitally model every amp and every, you know, yeah, whatever piece of gear. And then there's those companies <clears throat> that are making plugins that literally look like nothing that exists, complete space age, mm-hmm. and they they do the things and more that hardware can do. And those, for some reason, I like don't even if I like what the plugin does, mm-hmm. I'm like I kind of there's something in me that pulls against it. Yeah, and I, I don't I haven't come to terms with it yet, but I don't know. I just feel like I'm using some like space age tool to make something that I don't want. Isn't that funny how plugins like they make them look so visually pizzazz real as a oh, piece that. of gear. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like got shadows. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like the what's the it's, I think it's just the CLA um ten seventy three mm-hmm. plug in. You can do the black one or the blue one. And yeah, I, and I guess there's like a little bit of a difference. A little bit of scratches. You can on hear it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like, different. One's a little brighter or whatever, but just just the look of it changes and then that kind of changes your whole yeah. Well, you hear it almost. Yeah, I just got the like Abbey Road reverbs and like yeah, it shows those. a picture of the room. Yeah. And you can like move the mics around the room relative to yeah. where the speaker is. I just learned that you can get rid of that picture and I did it. I was like, oh, fine, I can get rid of this. Really? Because <laughs> I don't know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that picture. Yeah. yeah. But then there's also something kind of phony about like, like. Right. Then you see like the fake room and then it reminds yeah. you that it's a fake room. It's like a cartoon or a picture of the real piece of gear. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, what? a dial could just look like a dial. What am I, I doing? Know. Yeah. Whatever. It just shows you that sometimes that visual, th- visual things can really affect uh, audio things. Like, yeah. I, if I didn't have dimmers, I don't think I would have written one song. <laughs> <laughs> I need dim lights. Which is funny because so tones. many people are like, you never put dimmer switches in a studio. It's supposed to do something. Oh yeah, voltage. we had to do some major separation of church and state of, of just to do the audio and, elect- and like lighting. Yeah, yeah, it was Dim- all planned out. Oh yeah, you can't have those things. You know that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we did it in the other. Yeah, but I can um, see you just not caring. Like I, just, I don't care. I need the dimmers. I don't care if it makes a difference. That's probably true. If you were to ask me, do you? If you could have one or the other. Like you're gonna have bu- a buzz in all of your recordings. <laughs> if you have dimmers, I'll be like, get used to that buzz. You just find a way to notch it out. <laughs> yeah, I'll find that anti-buzz plugin that looks space age, <laughs> and I'll use it. All right. So, where do you see the music industry in five years? Nobody knows that answer. Do you? I'll guess. Take a stab at it. Take a stab at this one. I would say it's gonna be better off than it is now hopefully in five years you didn't have an answer dude that's not really an answer it's just kind of a general you think it'll be better you said i think if it's 
if it, if that was the question, is it getting worse or better? I think it, I think it seems like people are starting to figure it out. I don't know. To me, it feels like it. In what way do you see it being <clears throat> better than it is now? Uh, Are you talking about the music or the business? I just mean the business of it and trying to monetize things in the age where the internet ruins the whole industry. And every for the last 10 years, everybody's like, oh, no one knows where it's going. And it could just, I don't know. Maybe I agree with being you. Optimistic. So here's what I think. I think someone will figure it out. I think that money really tends to define a lot of things in, in culture and in the world. So I think that the way it is like right now, take a snapshot, mm-hmm. isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. If it stays like this, we're not going to have um, great records. enough professional musicians. Right. Like musicians need, if, if musicians can't monetize what they do, they can't do what they do. Yeah. Because you have, in order to make great music, you have to be able to focus and you have mm-hmm. to be able to live an artistic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, no, to make, to make your best music, I believe that you do have to make it a huge priority. Yeah. And I think if you have to work eight, 10 hours a day doing something else. Right, it's not going to happen. You can't go that deep in the hours left yeah. in your day right. or just on the weekends. Like it's just, I, I think it's, psychologically not sustainable Mm. so if if over time musicians can't make enough money to survive and that's all i'm saying i'm not talking about superstars i'm just saying like the middle class of musicians Mm -hmm. like if that starts to disappear because there's not enough money coming from publishing and recording and touring and all that stuff wrapped up together then we're not going to have musicians and people want music and if they're not able to get good music anymore because musicians can't monetize their work then music will start to disappear and then the people who sell music um like the companies that run the music will start to realize like oh i guess we start we need to start paying the musicians Hmm. and i that's kind of what we're seeing and actually they just passed a bill um Music Modernization Act, mm-hmm. which which interestingly Trump passed it, and both Obama and uh, Bush, it was brought to them, and they didn't pass it for really? whatever reason. I didn't know that. And I think Trump, being a businessman, saw like, hey, oh yeah, we're in so many areas of the business, we're in the dark ages. We're like mm-hmm. working from pre-internet, mm, right? Idea, you know, ideas about how to monetize music and since the advent of the internet and digital technology like just you know file sharing and the idea that you know there's just you can put music everywhere on the web and the artist is isn't monetized properly Mm -hmm. um he put some there's been some things put in place that that are gonna make things a little bit more fair in terms of royalties and payments and and i don't you know i haven't (laughs) i haven't read up on the details, I'm glad it's happening and I probably should know more about it, but I'm just, I'm rooting for everybody that's been lobbying for that because mm-hmm. it's huge, man. So I think in five, I think in five years is probably when we're going to start to feel the effects of it. Like that maybe by then Spotify will be paying more. Whereas right now, like a million plays on Spotify, I think 
equals a handful of thousands of dollars. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it might be as low as a thousand, but it's definitely not more than $10,000. And to get a million plays is very difficult, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, I think it just has to happen. So I, I, I believe that because people value music and that, right. and like I said earlier, that making music takes focus, um, you're going to see, and we probably haven't seen the end of it. I think in the coming years, you're going to see way fewer professional musicians. There's going to be like Do you think the super be... upper class, and then there's going to be like right. people with having to make money doing odd jobs. But I don't. I agree, but I don't. I don't think that's going to make their. Well, I don't think there'll be less music. I think if anything, there'll be. There's going to be more artists making music. The, that just don't make the money, but it's like people are going to do it anyways. For sure. You know, I mean, you can see that in certain genres that aren't as popular, but they still thrive underground or whatever, like rock or, or metal. I mean, there's those, those communities are always producing new bands because people are going to do it because they want to do it. Right. But um, I just think there's this cross, like there's this like pivotal threshold. Uh, like here, I'll give you an example with, with, with like <clears throat> fighters or something. It's like everybody knows that you you can't be a champion level fighter if you also have a day job mm -hmm. at Target. Mm -hmm. There's just no possible way you can compete with somebody who's doing yeah. who's training full time. Right. You just yeah. can't. Yeah, you can't compete. So I don't think an artist can compete. You're not going to get great art if you can only spend 10% of your time making that art. Yeah. You, you'll still make it. Like I, I agree with you. Like that right. art will still get made. I just feel like at some point, somebody's going to realize, and it'll happen due to competition, I think. It'll be like, oh, this company, they're so cool, man. They sign artists that have day jobs, and they enable them to like maybe work part-time instead of full-time at their job. So they mm -hmm. pay them a little bit of minimum wage. And then there's another label that's like, you know what? We're going to take a risk and pay mm -hmm. for our musicians, cool. our artists to work full-time. You'll probably see a difference in quality, I would think. Sure. You'd have to. Mm-hmm. Um, at least over time, maybe not in two that, small a, samplings, but that's a really good point. I think in the end, somebody's going to be like, I could make more money if my artist didn't have to go work at target today mm -hmm. and then they'll pay them more or, and then that'll just, you'll see like the ripple effect of that is, you know, at some point, I don't know. I don't know how it gets all the way to like Spotify because they're not content creators, as far as I know. Although I hear they're getting in bed with the oh, labels. Really? That's what. That's the the thing that's been going around is that like labels are actually part owners or stockholders in Spotify, and mm -hmm. so they're in cahoots. But then the artist, yeah, left out <laughs> is left out. But that's I think part of what the Music Modernization Act is sort of trying mm -hmm. to remedy, like advocating for artists, which is why like artists and companies like ASCAP are the ones who are really put, trying to push that. They're advocating for artists. It's just funny because has, even just historically, as long as there's been a music industry, the artist has always been on the bottom of the totem pole in terms of like the business of it. Yeah. Everybody knows it, but I get, you know, I get that the company, the record company or whoever it is, yeah, they have. There's a huge risk, and they lose tons of money. Like yeah, most have, bands get signed and get 
get a budget and then they just get either shelved or they just don't, nothing happens with them. I'm sure that's the majority. So they're huge, definitely putting a lot of money out there. A huge risk. They have a huge overhead. Yeah. So they need to get paid. Otherwise the whole thing's not going to work. But, but the whole thing's equalizing, man. It's so crazy. The difference, like it literally used to take hundreds of thousands of dollars to make a record. <clears throat> right. Because one person owned the studio and the studio, mm -hmm. the studio had a million dollar console and did it. And that's, if you wanted it to sound the best it could sound, mm -hmm. here's how much that costs based on all the different people involved. Man, now that everybody can, you know, get logic on their lap, on their Apple laptop for mm -hmm. whatever, hardly anything. That's a huge part of it, man. Mm -hmm. and plugins too, right? Don't you feel like plugins have just kind of changed the whole recording game? Oh my gosh. Can of worms just open. <laughs> She didn't ask about plugins, did she? <laughs> Think so? That's the thing is like you you lower the barrier for entry. It's almost like, hey guys, okay, we're we're gonna hold the Olympics still, but now you can just buy bionic legs <laughs> at Kmart. <laughs> everybody mm -hmm. has bionic legs, so everybody can run the same speed mm -hmm. and they're allowed in the Olympics. So like then running fast doesn't matter anymore. Because mm -hmm. everybody can just run fast. And I feel like, oh my gosh, this is a weird analogy. But I think some plugins, presets, or some, like if you can just, if everybody can go buy the drums mm -hmm. that were recorded at the best studio in Nashville or LA or London or whatever, and everybody has those drums, now a good drum sound doesn't mean anything. Right. Or now people aren't getting their idiosyncratic cool drum sound that they can get. They all just go like, I'll just get the good drum sound. And then everybody's, it's like. But you have to get that thing because if it's completely average to have great sounding drums, <laughs> like now if you hear someone recorded drums that don't sound good, it's like, get out of here with that. <laughs> you remember like back in the. Or even, will it be cool? Like, whoa. I yeah, want, but I that's want bad too. sounding well, drums. If you, yeah. 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 Maybe. But you know what I mean? Like, where it, you you know there's too much hi hat bleed in the snare or whatever and everything sounds small. Yeah, it's unacceptable now. Like yeah. you but didn't back, have to do. <laughs> but 10, 20 years ago, it was just a crapshoot. You'd get a record and be like, oh, the drums are bad on this record, but whatever. I love the band or I love this this album or this song or whatever. Now it's like if it sounds bad, it's can't even listen to it. Like it's just off the table. Dude, that's super interesting aspect of this, especially with drums too. There's something about drums. Like if your drums don't sound good in a in a whatever rock pop mix everything sucks right? yeah it takes you right out of the <laughs> but then it's another uh, game of thresholds because like i feel like game of threshold a game of thresholds sounds like a good mock-up for <laughs> a, logo. Play a game of threshold i don't know but i just feel like if people want things that are different like i think we're we're drawn to what's different mm -hmm. like let's say that we that I don't know. Let's say you're like a young a young dude and every girl was equally hot except there was one girl who was, was like, ugly. Who was weird looking. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like the novelty. scarcity of that and the novelty of it is what makes it special. And That's I, true. There's something to be said for <laughs> like it reaches a threshold like where if everybody's yeah. using the same drums I think the, the idea of good changes because when somebody comes right, right. Here's a good example is like, I think that started to happen a little bit with autotune, like mm -hmm. where a few people released records that like, 
had pitchy vocals and it was like it was something cool and different because mm-hmm. it was raw yeah everybody got so used to things being perfect that it actually became a thing and every like the mm-hmm. average person knows what autotune is because people just abused it so much yeah they didn't use it just to as a tool to make things a little better they like cranked it up to robot mode right. or you know maybe that's it maybe when it gets to the extreme then it becomes you know out of out of fashion or whatever I think that's true for a lot of things because, like, the internet has changed everything, though. Because now there's ni- niches, there's niches. But mm-hmm. the um, when the '80s got out of control, glam rock, Nirvana mm-hmm. came in and said, "How about this?" Mm-hmm. And whenever there's a period of crazy boy bands, usually f- something comes in that's more raw that everybody goes mm-hmm. like, "Oh, thank God, somebody right. did that," or you know. An era of over slickness is often followed by an Same era with country of music, right? Grit. Country pop music for a long time was like so pristine and clear, and then someone like Chris Stapleton or whoever these like newer country artists that are a little more raw, like people just love it because it totally just, it went too far, you know? Yeah, yeah. The bro country thing was answered by Chris Stapleton. And, yeah, uh, it's cool. Who's the other guy? Turtles all the way down. Oh yeah. Uh, we have to give him a shout out because oh Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill Simpson. Yeah, it's like that alt they called it like alt country or something. Yeah. But that stuff is like people yearned for like a little more mm-hmm. rough around the edges. Mhm. Or uh, simple. Chris Simpleton. <laughs> He's not simple. It's not nice. But it's definitely like back to the roots. <clears throat> okay. So we're going to have a few uh one one is definitely listener questions. These are this is segments. We've added segments to our repertoire here on the podcast. So one of the segments is stupid questions. I want to know what you what would be the worst animal to be attacked by to death. Any of what do you mean? Worst animal? Can it extinct animal or just it has to be alive? No, like an existing animal first. Can't I want to hear your. Want to? I want to hear your extinct one too. A dinosaur for sure. Which dinosaur? Uh, the T Rex. Okay. I, I don't know if that'd be the worst. Probably be great. It'd be quick. Just I bite think. you right in half. Uh, okay. Ooh, with the worst. Worst. I might say like a mountain lion or one of those because I heard that they grab you by the head mm. and they bite into your head. Yeah. And they shake you around and stuff. So you're, ugh. This is a horrible question. That's demeaning to be shaken <laughs> around by the it's head. disrespectful. You don't yeah. do that to a human. Dude, that is not cool. Yet, it's pretty cool. Cool for who? I just think that if you were killed by a mountain lion and there was video of it, I would probably watch it and think it was that was a pretty cool video. As opposed to... I really miss Corey, but that's a cool video. So is this based on what would be the worst video of my I mean, it was, it's the worst death for you, yeah. but in terms of a cool video for me to okay. watch, that's a, that's, that'd be, look pretty cool. It wouldn't... It, okay. And, you know, fun. Fun to, fun to watch. <laughs> but that's probably like... I've mourned you already. This is just like... Oh, okay. That's a cool... Like, it's not I'm, about me anymore. No, it's just... This is a cool video. So... Some sort of a cat. I think a cat. Okay. They could scratch at you first. Ooh, yeah. Anything that would start and sneak up on you. you. Ah, it's sudden. I think anything that like takes its time, 
Like I think a, that's why a grizzly think, is crazy. I was gonna say a bear. I think bears. Is it bears that will start? They goof you? with you. Yeah. Wait, what's? I know there's an animal that uh, is known for that. They just like start eating you before you're. They don't care. Yeah. Who is that? <laughs> I don't want to know. I think it might be bears. It's a bear thing. Or cats. It sounds, it sounds like something a cat would do. Cats are. I hate jerks. Yeah, they're the worst. Uh, they can claw at you. They can get you. <laughs> I asked my dad this question last night, and he, without any hesitation, he <laughs> as if he as if he's waiting for somebody to ask him this his whole life. He just goes, "Oh, crocodile." crocodile. And I was like, "Ooh, that's good." Ooh. But then I thought about it more, and I contested. Like, sure, croc seems crazy. I think that's it's like the living dinosaur. It's like the modern dinosaur. That's yeah, a monster. It's definitely a monster. But I also thought, well. I think you're more likely to die by drowning with a, in a croc attack, which mm. is fairly quick. Okay. Whereas I think a lion or a grizzly, mm-hmm. that's pretty bad. You're just laying there. And then I thought, you know, dying by by lethal snake bite would be pretty crazy because venom. You venom, like there there are snakes that like basically it attacks. It makes it turns your blood into just thick. It basically like deliquifies your blood. So slowly. And then my dad said, how about Ebola? And I was like, that's not an animal, but it is uh, a living a virus. Or... Like a virus, like where you, you that's horrible. liquefies your organs. Yeah. Oh. It, being liquefied or deliquefied. Oh my gosh. This is a horrible question. Okay, now what? what's the best animal to be killed by? <laughs> the quickest, man. The Probably the biggest. Just, so, get, just step on me. Let's just go great white shark it bites your head off. Yeah, because you because like the drowning thing, right? It's quick or it's quicker. You bleed out pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Isn't and bleeding like out sh- known to be kind of like a euphoric? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Is it? Yeah. Is there an animal that like you die good? Hurts so good. Some like a uh, anest- anesthetic death. Yeah, like maybe there's something that bites you and there's some sort of a... Uh, yeah, you stop anis- fighting. Well, something that like numbs you. I think we're inventing you. animals now. <laughs> a unicorn An- would oh, be the anesthetic worst. anesthetic Thoris Rex. <laughs> <laughs> unicorn death. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be stabbed by a unicorn. You get an Actually, imp- I would. Beautifully impaled by... Yeah, like it a- would be awesome. Talk about a good video. I mean... That's cool. Rainbows, unicorns. All right, that's uh, stupid questions. Insert musical sounds here. <laughs> okay, so we we have a few questions that you know came in as we were yapping. Okay, from at Albert Avery. What's up, dude? Broken City. What's up? World of percussion. Do you ever encounter writer's block? How do you oh, get around yeah, of it? Of course. And how often do you take breaks from music-related things to refresh yourself if you do? All mm. right, we touched on this a little. Yeah. Um, Just go take do you a ever, drive. Do you ever get writer's block? Of course. I have it right now. <laughs> <laughs> As a I result have it of more this often than podcast? not. Yeah. Really? But that would be my thing. Like, if I just, you got to just, it doesn't have to be a big thing. I mean, just driving. I don't know about you, but I write my, the most lyrics when I'm driving, mm. which is not good because you got to write or whatever. But this counters about, your earlier thing of doing music. Counters. First. 
That's cool. You write lyrics. Do you write lyrics to things or just brand new lyrics? I mean, no, not brand new. I mean, like if I'm working on something and I'm, oh, cool. I'm stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know myself and the best thing I can do is just like get away from it for a minute. So going on a drive. Else. Drives are great. Drives, showers. Those are, two, mm. those are two big ones. Yeah, I think you just got to sometimes you hammer your creative brain too hard and then you have expectations that are too much. If you just kind of yeah. like just just get something to get you out of that. Yeah, man. You can let your subconscious kind of kind of work it out. Cuz that's what, I think that's what you're not that I know about the brain or anything, but from what I've heard, <laughs> you have one. Subconscious is always trying to make sense of the world, right? Like behind the scenes. That's why you need to sleep. Yeah, because it mm-hmm. like empties your subconscious out. Right. Dreaming. But yeah, so what were you saying? That you need to, to find something, something else. to sort of yeah. get and you out. It could out. be quick too. It could be like a take a walk or something. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, I've experienced writer's block. and um, How bad? Pretty bad. Like how long? At uh, least 14 inches. <laughs> I think um well here okay so I'll be pretty vulnerable and upfront about this so the the worst writer's block I've ever experienced was as a result of going on a very low dose of an antidepressant anti-anxiety medicine mm-hmm. an SSRI um like the very lowest therapeutic dose of it um going through this really hard time and I just thought I'm going to try this and realized that this is after like eight months mm-hmm. like it seemed to work like oh cool like and in fact like worked making you feel better yeah like and, and I was it was actually this the period of um before my son was born like I kind of was just like freaking out about being a dad and like mm-hmm bringing a person to the world that's sort of like me and I'm like that just seems mean <laughs> like to, the, to that person yeah like <laughs> I'm bringing a person to the world like wow no giving them all your it brought junk. me back to like you know things about my childhood and just mm-hmm. it was a lot of the things that songwriting actually helped me with just like mm. all this mm-hmm. these thoughts and feelings and craziness going on inside that it's like dude if you know I felt like having a son it was like I was it's like deliberately doing that to someone. <laughs> like potentially he was going to be a little bit like me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so just not a million different things that kind of freaked me out. But so it definitely like first eight months, like once it kind of kicked in, it was like hard to get on it and almost whatever. So once I was on it though, it was like, oh wow. Like I realized how many, how much chaos was going on in me at any given time that like was stopping me from thinking well, mm-hmm. like whatever, some reactionary thing or like yeah. little internal struggles. And that like had lifted. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I felt like my brain was like a computer. Mm. It's like, whoa. Like Working you, correctly. I was like, usually there's an emotion right here that would like catch oh, me. Right, right, and I'd be right, like, yeah. that's not there. And I can just keep thinking. And then I became, <laughs> maybe it was some subtle or maybe not so subtle, like manic state that it put me in. But whatever mm-hmm. it was, dude, I was annoying everybody because i was like hyper verbal oh, wow. and i wanted to like think through everything and talk through everything like to the ultimate like until everything was worked out like because yeah. i just felt like i saw the matrix just go right through the middle of it <laughs> it was so weird and then that kind of wore off and then i realized after a while like 
whoa. I was like, I haven't recorded a song, like mm-hmm. a solo music song mm-hmm. in like months and months and months. Like, what is going on? This is so weird. And I felt like a failure. Like mm-hmm. one thing that I, I think I secretly took pride in is just my output. Like I was yeah. a finisher. Like right. I wrote a lot and, and I was experiencing that cool thing of like you create something and then it's done yeah. and there it is and boom. Then you got to do blah. it again. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that like had all but stopped. Like very few songs were getting written. And so I actually Googled it. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I Googled like SSRI and creativity. And it was like message, brrr, message boards. Yeah. It killed my creativity and that's what I do for a living. Holy mm-hmm. crap, all this stuff. And so that was the biggest writer's block. It was actually medication induced, which is pretty sad. So I started, <clears throat> but we- also great because then once you realized that you could just fix it. Yeah, but then it was like, woof. so I, I started weaning down, and literally when I like had weaned down to like half the dose, um, all of a sudden this part of me that I had even I for- I didn't even realize it had left, but it came back, and. I started thinking about like, whoa, I had all these realizations about stuff. Like, I don't know, every aspect of life, it just every being attached to my emotions again in this specific way. Mm-hmm. Even if they're negative. Emotions. Yeah. And cause I was never, I was never at the point, thank God ever of being like anywhere near suicidal or whatever. It was, it was bad enough to where I was like, I just, I need a, boost i need some help here mm-hmm. um but anyways when that old part of me came back mm-hmm. it was like hey look at you bro like my mm-hmm. old buddy melancholy was back right and that's when i wrote when a heart wakes up mm-hmm. which was the title track of my latest record and also was the song that like you mentioned like it was it was that song that made me feel like ooh, now I'm a, an album is starting to emerge mm-hmm. um hmm. so that was like a huge moment for me but anyway so that's that was like one aspect of it but other times I experience writer's block I try to fight through it or I don't let it bother me two things that's hard one's a mature one like a little bit of a thing that I've grown to accept like you know what I'm not gonna force it I know that the best music comes when it really wants to come right but I also believe I heard Bono said this um if you have writer's block, you can always write about writer's block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty... That's more specifically like lyrical writer's block though, right? Maybe, maybe that's what he's talking about. But I guess you could always like, yeah. It depends, I guess, where you're coming from yeah. because... From him, he's the singer, lyricist. Yeah. I guess if you're blocked, the idea is, I guess, Nike, just do it. Well, that's what you said. You just ignored it. How do you do that? That's hard. Or just whatever you say, you like you just pretend like you didn't. Have, you didn't. How well, that's you, when I think it's hard. It's craft. Like you know how we okay. we talked about like <clears throat> you go back into the technical part of it, maybe for for a little bit. Like you play music, then the music plays you. We said something like that earlier. Like when you're you're trying to like sounds like turn, something you would say. <laughs> I don't think I even said that, but you turn emotion in, 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 into a phys, into a physical thing, and then that comes out of the amp, and then that inspires you. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think the idea, if you have, basically, writer's block is like I'm not inspired. So mm-hmm. if you're not inspired, if you have some level of craft, 
You can fall back on that. You can say like, okay, I'm going to do what I know. And then I'm going to trust that if I just like, I know how to make a beat and I know how to yeah. build a chord progression, whether I'm inspired or not. Mm-hmm. So just do that. And maybe mm-hmm. that'll come back at you and inspire you. Mm-hmm. And maybe it won't. Uh, Cause I've had that where I'm just definitely like, maybe it uh, won't. I just have to make myself do something. Cause I feel that thing where it's like, I haven't been doing any, haven't been doing enough. Just, I'll just do just enough, just enough to like start something and then walk away from it. Yeah. And at least it makes me feel like I'm not stuck. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I did I started something. I'll come back to it later. I guess in some way then you're you're uh you're at least proving to yourself that you're not lazy. Right. You know? It's like, better than nothing. Because writer's block can be so many things. Like I gave an example of it being actually physiological mm-hmm. um due to a medicine. But then there's writer writer's block due to fear. Mm-hmm. Like fear that what you make isn't gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, and that brings up the other w- reason I've had writer's block, which is like, I, if I've convinced myself that the music I make isn't going to mean anything, mm-hmm. that it's not going to, nobody's going to care, right? then that can easily block me. Like, oh, I've yeah. noticed that, like, yeah. oh, what's the point? Another song that I wrote that nobody's really going to care about. Like, that'll definitely turn me into a writer's block machine. Mm-hmm. And a writer's block machine is a machine that doesn't it's do anything. It's a jacked up machine. <laughs> yeah, it's just a frozen motor. <laughs> <laughs> this machine sucks. Machine sucks. Who built this thing? <laughs> doesn't even do. Doesn't even machine. Yeah. But That's I would, tough. like if you're experiencing it, Albert, I would say fall back on craft and then mm-hmm. also maybe do some self-analyzation of like, are, is there something you're afraid of? Are you paralyzed by some sort of insecurity or something and mm-hmm. give yourself some grace to like um, value what you do. Or maybe you just need to try something different. Yeah, let yourself suck. Take a risk. Yeah, try something you're not used to doing. Pick up an instrument that you suck on and see whatever. Yeah. Change of scenery. Like you said, go for a drive. But like mm-hmm. maybe you've you've defined maybe your expectations for yourself too much to the point where you've paralyzed yourself. Change of scenery is big too. Like if you... Always yeah. sit down in the same room when you're writing. Maybe go to a different place and try it. Yeah, go to right. a different place, go to a different instrument. <clears throat> that was big for me when I uh, when my band broke up and playing guitar to me felt like I was treading old ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I went to piano, mm-hmm. it was like, oh. Yeah. And that's, that's when I wrote the Murder Yesterday record. Most yeah. of that piano, most of that piano was record... Most of that record is piano-based songs, which, like, it helped snap me out of the writer's block, which was more Mm -hmm. about, like, oh, the band, guitar. Right, it reminds you of the thing, yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, It's a tough one. I think he had... Yeah, okay. How do you get around it? We talked about that. Okay. Aselda music. What's up, Caitlin? Um, have you ever felt like you were losing your passion or joy for creating music? If so, how do you recharge and rediscover your passion in a sense? Not in a sense, but in a sense. In a, <laughs> how many words? Your passionate in a sense. Three words. Three, cent, three words. Yeah, we kind of touched on that with what we just were talking about. Have you ever lost your passion mm-hmm. or joy for creating music? Try something different. Yeah, I, th- I mean, when I've lost it, it usually has to do with some deep false belief that it doesn't matter what I do. Mm-hmm. 
so recharging and discovering, I mean, lately that's been, a lot of times I'll use, um, I really like working with my hands and mm-hmm. like doing some, creating something physical because mm-hmm. I think I've spent my life creating music, mm-hmm. which is this yeah. ephemeral, I don't know what, it, it's like, you could say it's a file <laughs> on a computer, <laughs> but I don't know, there's something about when I created a thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, that tended to sort of like recharge me. Sure. That makes sense. And then, you know, I've been getting out in nature, like is recharging for me. And then also relationships, like living some life so that there are things to be inspired yeah. by. Sometimes I expect music to inspire itself. And that's when it's like very right. snake eating its tail. Mm-hmm. Well, inspiration is a weird thing because it, I don't think you can just always be inspired by the same thing over and over again, right? right. You have to like, and by its by its nature, it has to be kind of new to yeah. be inspired by something. So maybe you just need to find a different place to get inspired from. Yeah, I, don't know, I wish I had a better answer than that. I know. Well, I've also I've I found that not expecting to necessarily enjoy it is sometimes helpful for me. Mm. <laughs> like being willing to. Yeah, clock do in the work, just work, or or being willing to write about things that I might be unaware that I'm not willing to write about. A lot of times that causes writer's block or causes me to not enjoy it. Or like, uh, I've I've lost my passion or joy for creating music because I'm not letting myself create the music I want to create because mm. I've talked myself out of it. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. So I think not judging yourself. And going like, right. I'm going to create this whether somebody cares or not because it's just something that I need to say or, ooh, there's an area of life that is bothering me but I'm not mm-hmm. willing to let it into my music because mm-hmm. then it's too vulnerable or I'm not mm-hmm. ready. Like that, taking the, I did that recently. Maybe that's why I'm bringing it up is like I decided like that I was going to write about a subject that that I needed to write about. And that I wasn't that you didn't before. Yeah, that couldn't be more vague. Cool. Um, okay, then there's one that's Broken City related, which will I'm going to screenshot that Sebastian Marcel, Marcel, um, because we'll be doing a podcast with Mike Jackson this week also, mm, and go. we'll save that one for you for that. Uh, <laughs> Jim Wonderlich, Jay Wanda, do you still have a VHS tape emoji of 10 Summoner's Tales? So I had this Sting VHS of like oh. the 10 Summoner's Tales like live recording at, at Sting's castle. And you know what? I actually think I might have recently thrown that away when, when we moved. But I also, there was like a, a couple VHSs. Like I had like a Simon Phillips drum video VHS and a Dave Weckl one and I think that was in there too and I'm like I can't throw these away just remember how wrong. expensive those were the instructional VHS oh, yeah. dude they were like $80 <laughs> That's right. and to order them I had a couple of guitar ones and they, was, they were so expensive that's because they're selling like 500 of them and it, t- and it costs like 20 grand to make it yeah there's a lot of materials involved how tape. crazy was it when they could just control media like that now it's like yeah. you just it goes online and it's for, it's like Everybody steals it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Ah, the bad old days. 
answer is I think I do still have it. Do you still have a VCR? And is your question, can I borrow it? Um, <laughs> and then somebody else, Angus Shiaio. That's not it. Is that a name? Because I can't say it. Angus Shiai. A at A N G U S S H S I E H. That is freaking awesome. Um, that's cool. Glad you've been waiting for it. We're happy to be back. And Corey's happy to be here for the first time. Yay. Second time, bro. Oh, first time as a host, as a co-host is what I meant. Okay. Yeah, Corey, you can go back and watch on the Broken City podcast, uh, Corey. We did it upstairs and you played a riff. Mm. Oh yeah, it was upstairs. From ages. Yeah, we were talking about touring and Check this riffs. out. The band is ages, A-E-G-E-S. Mm-hmm. And one of the songs that Corey sings co-lead vocals on, which he co-wrote, is a song called A Reason Why. Mm-hmm. iTunes, mm-hmm. Spotify, love yeah. that song. It's out there. It's bad ass. It, it, it is bad butt. It's bad. Bad ass. It's rocking. All right, did you get any questions? I did not. I just got some random spam uh, comment. Rude. Super rude. All right. I'm going to check this one other area of the world. I doubt I got any questions here. This is my like, I have an Instagram called Adam Watts Creations. And it used to be like, I had this little brand for like my leather stuff Mm -hmm. that I was making called um, AMW AMW Root Beer. Human Decor. That's right. I had a watch and I wore it until it broke. It wasn't a real watch. My stuff like, doesn't really last, guys. <laughs> it was just... I wore it a lot. It just... Like one of the little stitches uh, came out. It didn't really break. It just... I still have it. I'll fix it. Yeah, you should probably fix Guaranteed it. Guaranteed for your life. Not mine. Cool. That's uh, listener questions. Appreciate that, you guys. Thanks, guys. Hopefully we answered them coherently in some fashion or another. All right. I think we're about to wrap this thing up. Yeah, man, my ears hurt from these headphones. Really? Yeah, you don't get the ear hurt? Maybe I got weird ears. I gave you the crap headphones. <sighs> these guys, man. <sighs> these are the mixing headphones from... I always get this, though. No matter what headphones. If I have if I had headphones on for too long... These are like the open ear smash. ones for mixing, and they're I can wear them all day, and oh. I have before. What's open? The Yeah, you, like when you take them off... I mean, when you take them off... <laughs> If you just have them on, they're great when you, you take can, them off. You can hear the room easily. Like there's no blockage. Like a lot of headphones, they try to like block it out. Yeah, these are really isolated. These are open, so like <laughs> if I'm listening to these, like laying in bed next to my wife, she can like hear what I'm listening to because it oh. just comes out the side. So if I'm cranking music, she can't sleep. What's the point of that? It's it makes them sound more natural because the oh, sound good. isn't confined okay. to your ear. It's right. like it's ventilated, hmm. but you can also have conversations with headphones on. Mm. it just sounds open um ain't that interesting all right guys thanks for listening we'll be back every single day oh every single day if you listen to the same podcast seven days in a row (laughs) and uh i believe we're going to be calling this broken city music podcast before it was broken city artists and uh so just to help with search engines and whatnot this Mm -hmm. is going to be music related but it's going to be about whatever and we're going to be your podcast buddies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from here on out. And one other thing is we, um, in order to help make this possible, uh, 
We're looking to get your support if you feel like supporting, and we'll have a Patreon page, which uh, will be a link on the screen somewhere, magically appear. And then also there's, um, I already have the Adam Watts Patreon that you can go to that, and that'll help support this and my educational endeavors and my solo music and all the things that don't naturally really make money, but that I'm passionate about and that mm-hmm. hopefully will make life better for more than just me. If yeah. Possible. And, and give us ideas, comments yeah. or whatever things you, you want to hear people talk about comments, topics, whatever you want, man. It's a very broad, um, genre here. So yeah. See you next time. Good night and good morning.